Good morning, everybody. But the first thing, wake up. Wake up. You've got a very important voice not to listen to this morning. Because as usual, I try and share as many research studies I read as possible. I try and break them down into plain English and share them with you. There's a lot of insight in these research studies. Not to say they're perfect, that they should be like, oh, well, the research says that's 100%. That's the only thing that could be like the answer to a question, for example. But a lot of these studies give us a little insight into our own behavior. And today I've got a study, three studies actually, mental Who's day today on the study front, um, about why we overeat over winter, like, you know, what's the reality of the waking of winter and stuff like that, so you can feel a bit better about going into this like two week run up to Christmas. So, are you listening? Are you ready to learn? Let's go. So there's a study done in 1991, a year before I was born, um, in the European Journal, found people consumed more calories in the colder months and felt hungrier even though they were eating larger meals. So the researchers closely tracked how much people ate from season to season and how quickly they ate it. Turns out the study the study subjects consumed about 200 calories more a day beginning in the autumn when the days started to go darker. Uh, and this study found that we seem to be very sensitive to light. Less of it prompts us to seek food and eat faster. Also impacts our sleep. If we don't get that sleep in the midday for two hours-ish, your sleep actually gets worse. So the sun is power. This is why they worship the sun god, guys. Back in the day, the sun is god. Sun gives life to the solar system. Basically, is the god. Let's, let's, put it, let's, let's agree to that. Okay, next time. And there's a 2005 study, okay, published in the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition, found that study participants consumed an average of 86 calories more each day in the autumn than in the spring. Not a huge amount, right? But they ate more fat and saturated fat in the winter months. The lower physical activity levels was observed in the winter and the highest in the spring. But the researchers who conducted the study also noted that the magnitude of extra calories was fairly small over a year. Another study done in 2013 found that the change of season may influence the balance of hormones that control hunger and appetite. So you've got leptin made by fat cells that decreases your appetite. Um, you've got ghrelin, which is, increases your appetite and also plays a role in body weight. And glucocorticoids controls how your cells use sugar and fat and curbing inflammation. A prior review that looked at data in people and animals found that seasonal changes affected many hormones related to hunger and appetite, including glucocorticoids, ghrelin and leptin. And the note on ghrelin and leptin, if you diet for a long amount of time, so if you're in a calorie deficit for a long amount of time, those get impacted as well. So what you want to start doing is, if you have been dieting for a while, it is worth going into maintenance or just above for a good one week maybe. Maybe you can do two weeks. Just so you can kind of like, quote unquote, replenish your leptin and ghrelin levels so your hunger levels come back down, right? And your satiety from meals goes back up and your stress levels come down as well so the glucocorticoids will come down. Does that make sense? So if you have been dieting for a while, it's a good time to look at Christmas as a way to kind of replenish those hormones. But being careful not to go overboard. Okay, according to a 2016 study by the University of Exeter in the United Kingdom, of course, people have evolved to have subconscious urges to overeat and limited ability to avoid becoming overbeast, especially in the winter. We may be genetically disposed to overeat and store more fat during the winter months and there are other reasons for overeating and how to deal with them. That just makes evolutionary sense, right? Okay, so the reason number one why we overeat in the winter 
is to do with temperature. When internal temperature drops, the body burns more calories to fight the cold. Our mind tells us to throw on an extra layer of clothing and sometimes grab a calorie-loaded hot food or drink, such as chocolate bars, cookies, and white chocolate mochas. The solution here is to warm up without consuming too many calories. So try drinking hot teas and broth-based soups loaded with beans, vegetables, you know, plain black coffee works as well. Um, so you start looking at these kind of alternatives when you're feeling that need for something warm as a, as the winter comes, just have that as opposed to, you know, the, the Starbucks 450 calories, uh, chocolate and whatever, mocha. Try not for the like zero to low calorie drinks and you'll have the same effect, the same like psychological effect from it during the winter months. Reason number two is obviously we do less physical activity in the winter in general. We're less likely to maintain our exercise routine and we're just generally more likely to decrease movement because obviously it gets cold, the dark is the, this darker in the mornings, darker after work straight away as well. So our activity drastically drops depending on, you know, some people might not, some people, most people, they will drastically drop. So maintaining an exercise routine is a really good course of action. So this means like be enthusiastic about doing the dishes maybe, burn those calories, get those walks in, right? Don't, you know, try and not be too lazy in terms of like when you go out to the shopping malls and stuff, take the stairs, not the escalators, like little things, you know, inside the house every hour, try and move around, take phone calls standing up, pacing back and forth, um, standing desks work really good if you work from home, ask for one for Christmas, take, you know, a lot of these ways, just like, let's add these little habits up, as well as we can do this, we're gonna, you know, essentially negate uh, reducing our activities through walking and just general when in the summer we're more pumped up for going outside aren't we uh, reason number three is dehydration people generally tend to drink less water in the winter which leads to dehydration um, so the drying heat of room heaters and stuff like that as well and the layers of clothes makes our bodies dehydrated uh, our bodies need water of coast but we confuse our thirst with hunger and eat more food basically that happens quite a lot so the solution here is Let's just make sure we are drinking the two litres of water a day minimum, okay? You know, warm teas and soups are good as well. They count towards your daily fluid intake. So make sure we've got a lot of lovely teas um, lined up and, you know, experiment some nice teas. I don't know. You know, you've got PG Tips, classic, obviously. You've got the green teas, you've got the Earl Grey. But what about those, like, exotic teas? I don't know. Try them out. What am I going to try out? I don't know. I know Louise and Brian had, like, a delivery before. These, like, proper exotic teas and they were, they were, they were amazing. So... I might go for the old, uh, what was that, Just jasmine, there's so many teas, guys, like you'd be here forever. Um, number four, winter blues. So people suffer from vitamin D deficiency and experience lower serotonin levels, so that's a neurotransmitter linked to feelings of pleasure and well-being, uh, and, you know, this is due to basically having such a small amount of sunlight in the winter, and when we do have the sunlight in the winter, we're not really out, in the, out between 11 and 2, aren't we? So if you do work from home, right, I think it's vital because I mentioned this on a podcast before about the sleep impact of not having two hours of exposure to the sun middle of the day. If we can in the winter go outside when the sun is out or when there's light, get your steps in, try and be out and about during like the, the 11 to 2 p.m. period. I know everyone's going to work from home now anyway. That's going to help massively, not just with sleep, but with vitamin D as well. And you're going to feel happier because your vitamin D levels go up. Okay, so really important. Otherwise, do definitely, do definitely, um, do go and purchase some vitamin D, vitamin D, um, and consume it because you 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 have to get it, you have to get it from the sun. And I believe some foods, I'm not sure, but from the sun, I believe, 
have to double check on that on my vitamin D knowledge. But there's a website called examine.com that tells you exactly what the, the dose of vitamin D you should be using uh, per day. So examine.com, go to vitamin D and it'll tell you what the studies say and it'll tell you the amount to, to consume per day. Um, so both of the deficiencies just mentioned, serotonin and vitamin D, have actually linked to the onset of seasonal affective disorder, so SAD. Um, so this is depression related to changes in the seasons. Um, and then people see comfort, obviously, when they feel this way with calorie-dense foods, lots of hot chocolates, calorie-dense stuff, and, you know, it's not going to lead you to more happiness and down the line it's going to make you feel worse about yourself. So the solution, like I said, get outside in the daylight hours, get more sun on the skin, get the vitamin Ds topped up. If you are suffering from SAD, obviously go and seek help because it is a thing. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of research into this. There's a place in, I think, Norway or Finland that gets like less than an hour of sunlight a day. And the rates of suicide are really high there. Now, not to take us on a dark turn, but it, the sun is so important for our health, just sunlight in general. I think we underplay the importance of it. Okay, we need sunlight for a plant to stay alive, man. Same for us. We need that sunlight. So make a conscious effort, if possible, to get sunlight in over the next few weeks. Go for those nice walks with your family and dog or whatever. Uh, and the fifth one is the reason we tend to th- overeat over Christmas. We believe we're going to gain weight anyway. Okay, so we go into the winter thinking, well, we're going to gain weight anyway, so bugger it. Uh, I'll see you wherever. I'm going to gain weight, blah, blah, blah. And that then dictates the actions to actually gain weight. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So let's prepare our minds. If we think about it, right? We're thinking about Christmas this year. It's on the weekend. And then the new year is on the weekend. If you really wanted to, this the next three weeks don't have to be any different to how you've already lived for the, la- the rest of the year. So we have a week. You can be productive. You can train from home. You can go to the gym, get your steps in. You can go out on the weekend or whatever, like normal. This weekend, happy days. And the next weekend, it's just Christmas weekend. So you've got Christmas Day and Boxing Day in the weekend. Job done, right? Then you go back into Monday as if it's a new week, as if you just come going back to work, but you're not. But go back to work on yourself. Then you've got that week where you can chill and, you know, you don't have to go crazy, but you've got that week then with the weekend being the New Year's. Obviously, you can go to party wherever, New Year's, and then back to it on the Monday. So this Christmas is lined up perfectly for us to actually to get back to it and enjoy the weekends to the max without it really messing up because usually you know christmas day might be on wednesday then you got box day on thursday then you got a big weekend so you've really got like four or five days of big time drinking or, go, or going out this time it can be condensed into the weekends like normal so think about that um and just think about how you want to go and deal with the next few weeks i know like take it slow you know everybody should have time off been hell of a year um but yeah it's, it's up to you how to deal with it but you don't have to gain weight you don't feel like you have to gain weight but the, what's interesting is i don't think i have time to go into all three studies but I want you to not stress so much about weight gain over Christmas because this study shows that it's not much of a big deal. So a lot of experts say that weight gain over holidays, the the Christmas holiday, is a myth, okay? And if we look at the research, they do tend to have a point here. So a 2000 study by Yang Oviski involved 195 adults showed that the majority put on one pound in six months from late September to early March. A year after the study began, 165 of the participants were weighed again. On average, they were each up about 1.36 pounds from their initial weight. So you gain weight from September to November, a bit of weight. You gain the most amount of weight before November and Jan, and then you kind of lose the weight between Jan and March, not much though. And then, you know, the rest of it you lose as well because it's summer. So it kind of all balances out. It's a small increase. So people don't 
pile on the weight fast in most cases um, it's a slow increase over years and years so on average people are gaining about a you know half a kilo to a kilo a year but that does add up if you think about it five years five kilos ten years ten kilos so when you wait when you were 18 to 28 to 38 you know that could be 20 kgs which is a lot to gain from 18 to 38 does that make sense so it is a trend but we can cut that trend by doing a few interventions another study right um most of the subjects had no evidence of significant weight change over 50 percent had body weights that differed by no more than one kilo at each of the three measurements which are pre-holiday holiday and post-holiday um people who were overweight or obese to begin with were more likely to gain five pounds or more during the initial six month season according to the study um which is into which was done in 2000 so if you are overweight or obese you are at more risk of gaining more weight okay because there's a lot of things that happen there that make weight gaining easier or you know your satiety to food goes down your movement is going down your motivation goes down you feel like you can't do it so you're kind of in a spiral spiral downwards but things can change um a 2012 study consisting of 242 men and 201 women aged 40 to 69 found that 65 percent of men and 58 percent of women gained only 0.5 kilograms of body weight with 50% of both groups gaining only 1% of pre-holiday body weight. The researchers also found that obese men gained more body weight than obese women. And a 2013 study involving 48 males and 100 females aged 18 to 65 with an average BMI of 25, which is overweight, were evaluated in mid-November and early January, so 57 days. The participants gained an average of 0.78 kilograms, which is 1.7 pounds. Obese participants of 30 BMI over are more at risk as they show the greatest increases in body fat. Initial body weight, not exercise, significantly predicted body fat percentage and body weight gain. Okay. Another study, 2016 paper by Halander, published also in the New England Journal of Medicine, looked at weight gain data of almost 3,000 people over the holidays in three countries, so Germany, Japan, and the United States. Overall weight increased by 0.6 kgs in the participants from the United States, 0.8 kilograms in those from Germany uh, during the Christmas to New Year holiday season, and 0.5 in Japan. Okay, so not much difference, but I'm quite surprised. Uh, the United States is less than Germany, but it's definitely a spike. So what happens here, I'm looking at the graph, and I'll do a post on Instagram about this. August to December, uh, our weight's coming down, and then December to Jan, it kind of spikes. It's not a huge amount, but there's definitely a spike in the new year, and it comes back down to April. There's a bit of a gain from April to May between most of these countries due to the holidays of Easter and Golden Week in Japan. And then it comes back down from May towards august september and then back up a bit in september and back down so this trend is seen in like in literally every country right uh, which is interesting a 2017 review of 15 studies about holiday weight gain published in the journal of obesity reported a gain of only 0.3 to 0.9 kgs so 0.6 to 2 pounds between the last week of november to the second week of jan they also found that only the 2016 study had a long-term follow-up. Okay, so more than 85% of participants made no effort at all to control their weight and yet gained just a small amount of weight over a 12-month time frame, so 1.3 pounds. Um, and they found that half of the weight was lost shortly after the holidays, whilst half of the weight gain remained until summer and beyond. So the lesson here is, and I'm going to leave you with this, is it doesn't really matter what you're going to do over the Christmas week 
and just after it. What really matters is what you do most of the time. What have you been doing most of the years? What matters? Like, we look at it as percentage. You've done 95% of the work. You've got 5% to go. Even if you went guns blazing over Christmas Day and the week after, you know, how much can you realistically gain in that week? Like, for example, if we look, let's have a look at some foods that, I know I've done a Big Mac comparison before, Big Mac calories, let's have a look. So, for you to gain a pound of fat, you need to eat 3,500 calories over your maintenance. Let's assume your maintenance is 2,000, just as a general number. Um, a Big Mac has, how many calories in a Big Mac? It has 540 calories, okay? So, you'd have to eat um, 6.4, okay, you'd have to eat six and a half Big Macs plus your usual food to gain a pound of fat, okay? So for you to gain three pounds of fat, you need to eat 20 Big Macs above the calories. So you've already got calories, right? But if we if we actually add 2,500, okay? So you'd have to eat, you'd have to eat 10 Big Macs a day to gain a pound of fat, okay? So 10 Big Macs a day, you know, times 10 days, you're gaining 10 pounds. Like, but who realistically here is eating 10 pounds, 10 equivalent of 10 Big Macs a day? And if, if we look at stuff like, you know, um, what other Christmas foods out there? Like, if we look at Sunday, the Christmas dinner, for example, dinner calories average, you know, these are just, these are base numbers, guys. So, the average calories in a Christmas dinner is 1,000, okay? So, you'd have to eat five and a half Christmas dinners a day to gain a pound of fat. So you'd have to eat about 16 Christmas dinners to gain uh, three pounds of fat. Are you eating the equivalent of 16 Christmas dinners over the festive period? I don't think so. So let's not worry too much about um, the festive period. And I, I want to, you know, I'm going to do another post about this next week and I've got another study to show uh, interventions that can work. But don't worry too much about this thing. Just treat every day as a new day, a new day to, you know, do what you want, make sure you improve yourself. You know, what's your one big thing every day? Even on Christmas Day, what's your one big thing on Christmas Day to make it a success? Because there's so much things to do. My one big thing on Christmas Day is to make sure that I get a Christmas dinner ready, everyone enjoys. I don't know, whatever. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. You've got two weeks now, essentially, leading up to Christmas. Like, you know, let's not leave those. Let's not leave those go to waste. We can still slack off work slack off you know the pressure of trying to do and improve and achieve something in 2021 it's the the year is essentially over now in terms of big achievements you wanted to get done but the year's not over in terms of like trying to reinforce good habits so you don't have to look it's a decision you don't have to go off the rails just because it's the festive period um you're gonna have more joy going into january by having some self-control and moderation than you would if you just let it completely go so and if you do let it completely go, you're going to have to eat a lot of Christmas dinner equivalents to put on a lot of fat. So like, there's that as well. So those two realistic points, I think, will help you. But I wanted to share those studies because I found them really interesting. And if I find any more, I'll post them, of course. But this is a long voice note. I am. I apologize. 20 minutes listening to me talking about Christmas Day studies and Christmas studies. I don't know. It might be helpful. Um, but share this with people. You know, get people on site over Christmas, you know, you don't have to go berserk and, you know, ruin everything by just eating five and a half Christmas dinners a day for 15 days straight, because if you did that, I'd be impressed. You know, I'm not sure impressed in a good way, but I would be impressed. But enjoy your day, 
let's not focus for Christmas right now. What's your one big thing today? That if you, like, as a reminder, what is the one big thing? If you did this today, it would move the needle the most in terms of feeling better, getting shit done. What's your one big thing? Get that done, bring the focus into that task, and I tr- trust me, you do this every day. You've had 365 big, one big things com- complete per year. That'll change your life. So that's it for now. Speak to you tomorrow.